So, not a whole lot. Um, I did go job shadowing with Carmen. Yeah. Very fun experience. I forgot that was this week. Yeah, I thought it was last week, and I was like, this week has been a wild week. <laughs> um, we, we went to Pigeon Forge Sunday afternoon. Um, there was this, like, ice cream place up there that Mom wanted to go try, and so we just went up there, and it was crazy up there. Um, Dad went to Knife Works, go figure... And, of course, I had to go to Books A Million, <laughs> and I'm very proud of myself because I walked in there and I came out with one t-shirt that I'm wearing right now. It's a Harry Potter t-shirt. It's very pretty. And I came out with one book. Now, trying to find this book. So, I got Aragon by Christopher Paolini. Yeah. And, well, so I went to the YA section where it was. And they had it, but it was a different cover. It was, like, the Books A Million special edition. And I was like, I don't want that cover. I want the original. So I walked up and down that store three different times trying to look for it. And then finally I went up to the front and I was like, told Mom and Dad, I was like, I can't find it. And then finally out of the corner of my eye, I turned and looked. And there was, like, this little cardboard pop-up stand with all four Aragon books and the original cover was on there. Aragon with the dragons, right? Yes. Okay. My brother used to read those. Okay. I think they're downstairs, actually. And so I was like, I'm an idiot. <laughs> I walked up and down this store only to see that it was at the front. I also went in there to look to see if they had fourth wing and obviously not, so. Not yet. I don't know, like, they said two weeks, but it's been way past two weeks, so I don't know if they just resold out or what. I don't know, but I went and looked on eBay <laughs> just to look because I thought it would be funny, and there's people selling them on there for like $100. Yeah, I'm not... It's not that big. I'll wait. Yeah. <laughs> At that point, I'll wait. Yeah. I'm good. Um, yeah. I think those are downstairs with my brother's books. I'm really excited to read it. I've wanted to read... It's been haunting me ever since I was in, like, fifth or sixth grade. I've always seen it, but I've never picked it up. And well, then... and are they remaking it into a show? I have no idea. I feel like I'm I know there. I know there's a new book coming out. That's what it is. Something um, new coming out with it. But I've seen that since like fifth or sixth grade, and I've never looked at it. And then finally, a couple weeks ago, I picked up and read the back of it. I was like, this actually sounds pretty good. So well, and from what I remember, I don't think the the movie matches. But I remember liking the movie, but I never read the books. But I don't think uh, I think I remember Reese telling me that that. That the movie did not match the book. So, FYI, if you watch the movie. <laughs> if I do watch the movie, I'll probably read the books before I watch the movie. There's only four, so. Yeah, there's only one movie. Mm-hmm. They never got to make another one. <laughs> that day. Anything else? Nope. What did you do this week? <laughs> um, well, like Callie said, she came to job shadow me. Um, I did some other work things. Work is stressing me out at the moment. Um, and then, what else did I do? Jeez. Did I do nothing? What did I do yesterday? I know I did something. Did you work yesterday? No. Well, no. yeah. I worked from home. I feel like I did something this week, and I don't remember what it is. Yikes. It'll come to you later. Um, I did go look. We went and looked at a house this weekend. Yes. Um, and it was out of my price range. We kind of knew that going in, but we kind of just wanted to see what it looked like inside. And it was weird. It was very nice on the inside. It was like a 4.8 on the inside. Gorgeous. There's one thing I wish was different, but <clears throat> gorgeous on the inside. The outside was like a 2.5 because it had like zero curb appeal, which I mean, like... Is one of those that you kind of have to have some imagination, like, okay, with some landscaping put in and with some pruning of the trees and stuff, like, it would be good to go. Um, but the backyard was all vine, no grass, and that just literally felt like snake heaven. Ew. And I was, like, nervous. Mom wanted to walk around the backyard. I was like, mm, I feel like I'm going to get attacked by a snake back here. But the back deck was really nice, and it was... It was out of my price range, so we weren't going for it anyways. It was just kind of like curious to look inside of it. Um, <clears throat> so on that note, I have been 
looking at houses. So still in the process of that. Um, what else? What else? What else? I can't think of anything. I'll think of it later if I do. Oh well. Um, I think I pretty much just. Oh, pff, duh. We had vacation Bible school all last week. My brain's <laughs> fried from that. That's exactly why I can't remember it. Um, Cassidy, one of my best friends, and I had um, third and fourth grade, and it was interesting to say the least. It got really interesting. But let's just say it was a long week. Well, especially because it was six to eight thirty. And so, like, I get home from work, I have enough time to, like, get my stuff together and get changed and then go to the church because we, like, the teachers were supposed to be there a little early just to kind of, like, pick up from the day before and, like, um, get set up for the day and all that and get upstairs early for when the kids arrive, obviously. Um, and so we had that all week. So then by the time I was getting home, it was, like, 9 30 10 o'clock which was my own fault I mean yes I said it let out at 8 30 but it was usually like I usually hung around because of everybody else hung around and I'm friends with a lot of people at the church so we kind of would hang around and play with the kids and um like the little ones and chat and so then I wasn't getting home till 9 30 10 o'clock so then I was exhausted the next day for work it was it was just a lot <laughs> Um, it was a long week. I definitely needed this weekend and needed today. So today we're recording this on July 4th. So I'm off today. So I slept in until 10 o'clock this morning. <laughs> it was lovely. Um, but yeah, that was pretty much my Hello everyone and welcome back to Family Fiction with Hallie and Carmen. So... In case you can't tell by today's title, we are doing June wrap-up. Um, I've got some other discussion topics planned because our wrap-up is going to be quite short this t this month. Um, once again, I've only read one book. Hallie's read two. So, <laughs> it's going to be a short discussion. So, I've planned now, some granted, things to discuss with Now, it. granted, your one book is an equivalent to, like, two or three books. Well... And my two books were huge. Well, it actually makes me feel kind of bad because, which I'll get into this, but it's actually not as big as Kingdom of Ash. And I read Kingdom of Ash with other books in a month. So, because it's only like 800 and some pages, Kingdom of Ash is only like 200. I think they said Kingdom of Ash is very close to 1,000 pages. It's only like 20 pages away from the 1,000 pages, I think they said. Somebody was talking about it. But, it, yeah. <laughs> it was, we'll talk about it. But, yeah. One book was all that got done. Carmen was still in a reading slump. Um, but I did kind of plan some stuff to discuss beforehand. So, like I said, happy 4th of July. Um, I know that you're not listening to this on the 4th of July. You're listening to this on the 5th. But we recorded it on the 4th, so happy 4th. Um, I did have a small book haul recently. Got Dragonfall by L.R. Lamb. And I got Marie Kondo's new book. Something else about tidying up, I don't know. And then, what was the other book I got? Something with housing. No, there was another one. Narnia? Yeah, that's what it is. I got the uh, full Narnia collection. It's all in one book by C.S. Lewis. I've been wanting to get the Chronicles of Narnia, and I've been wanting the individual books, but I can never find them in the format that I like, or like with the cover I like. They just never appeal to me. And so I was walking around, and they had <clears throat> the full, like the, um, the entire series is in one big book. And I looked at the page numbers, and it's not as big as Kingdom of Ash either. So I could either read it as individual books and just leave a bookmark for the next book, or I could read it as one big book. That's so. I think that's what I'm going to do with the Lord of the Rings book, because I have a Lord of the Rings book that's got all of the books in one. I think that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to read one, put a bookmark in it, and then yeah. go on with my day. Which, uh, that's what I've done with uh, The Nine Lives of Chloe King by... Uh, I think it's Liz Braswell. Um, <clears throat> it's three books in one. And so I've read the first book, and so I'm waiting to read the other two. So there's a bookmark in there for the other two. But 
I'm either going to do that with Chronicles of Narnia or just read it as one big book because the individual books themselves are not that big. So it might even be that I end up reading like two at a time. Um, but I really like the way that the hardcover looks for the big, the big book. So I just went ahead and bought it because I can never find the individual books in the format that I like. And, and they're like tiny. They are. And so that's why I was kind of like, I'll just get the, the big collection. So that's where I'm at. I really want to reread, or I really want to read them. I've never read them. And I guess they've confirmed that there's two new Narnia movies being put into production. And so they don't, we were talking about it, but on it. There's two new movies being put into production. And I don't guess it's been confirmed if it's going to be a remake or if it's going to be a continuation. <laughs> Somebody said they think they're doing the... I'm sick of the remakes. The Silver Chair and the last... Something. I can't think of the name of it. But um, we'll see what happens. And then we ended up getting to, into a whole Ben Barnes discussion. And of course I was involved. So there's that. But I do want to read them. I've never read them. I've always wanted to. And with them doing the two new movies, whether it's a remake or not, like, I'm very interested to see, like, what all I missed from the movies. So, I hope it's not a remake because I freaking love the original cast. I'm, yeah, I'm sick of remakes. I'm even more... So, here's a little thing. DreamWorks has officially made me mad because they're going to make How to Train Your Dragon in the live action. And I'm like... <sighs> Why are you mad about that? Because I'm afraid they're going to ruin it. I'm excited about it. I don't mind a live action remake. What I don't like is like them doing the Harry Potter. Like, what's the point of this? What's the actual point of this? We already had... It's not like it was a cartoon. I mean, they're remaking The Last Airbender into a live action. I just... I don't know. I don't know how... I think it'll be good. I saw the cast for it and it looks good. Um... I was going to look something up. Recently, that somebody posted in MuggleNet was from an article, and this makes so much sense. So, another Harry Potter installment is not needed. Unlike Percy Jackson, the Harry Potter franchise adapted all seven of its books, including a bonus film from splitting the final book into two. With the sheer amount of theme parks, the sequel play, and prequel films, the Harry Potter franchise has never really ended, even as the various productions decreased in quality. All of this means that adapting the original books, again, feels unnecessary. In comparison, Percy Jackson never got to finish its series on the big screen, and Riordan continued to create fun series that built out his world without remaining so fixated on its original premise. Exactly. Thank you to this person. Because here's the thing with Rick Riordan. He has made... So many more. He made the Kane Chronicles, which dives into Egyptian mythology. He's made Magnus Chase, which dives into Norse mythology. He's made all these different spinoff series, and he's even made a spinoff book about two characters yeah. that, from the original series and from the sequel series. So, I mean, this was from an article on Screen Rant written by Alex Keenan. The um, headline is Disney's Percy Jackson TV show solves the franchise's Harry Potter problem. If you want to go read the rest of that. But um, I thought that part made complete sense. I was like, thank you, all caps. Like, this is exactly what I've been saying. Because she's staying in this little corner and we need to be branching out. There's a giant wizarding world out there. And there's so many stories about it. Why don't we develop one of those? Anyways, I'm not getting all this random again. But, <clears throat> Yes. Anyways, um, so I had those two books that I got. Dragonfall, it was on the book talk table, but I've never heard of it before, but Me it neither. sounded so good. It's, you know, dragons, obviously, we love. Um, so also, the trailer dropped for The Summer I Turned Pretty, season two. Very excited. Um, I am... So I finished Priory last night, and I'm going to start um, We'll Always Have Summer by Jenny Han, which is the third and final book in the Summer I Turn Pretty book series. So <clears throat> I'm excited to read that and have all the knowledge before I watch the new season. It does look like the new season is going to cover the second book, which I wasn't sure. So the first season kind of has bits and pieces of book one and two. 
it mostly follows book one, but it has bits of book two, and then the whole, like, <clears throat> debutante thing didn't exist in the book, so that's different. <coughs> I can get my throat clear. Anyways, um, so I don't know if it's going to involve parts of book three, so that's why I wanted to read book three, um, but are you still planning to read Summer I Turn Pretty before the show? Yes, so my game plan is once I finish Lightbringer, um, I'm going to, the next two books that I have planned to read are Verity and The Summer I Turned Pretty. So. Well, you need to read both book one and two before you mm -hmm. watch season two, obviously. Yeah, so that's, that's the game plan. Yeah. And I would go ahead and read book one and two before you watch season one. Yeah. Because there's bits and pieces from these. But, um, it's very good. I loved... Now, even though I read the two books so far and I've watched the first season and I know they don't match up perfectly, but I still love the show. But it's like, the show is great and the books are great, if that makes sense. So, it's the same as Shadow and Bone. The show is great, the books are great. Let's just keep them separate. <laughs> um, so, the show was so good and I cannot wait for season two. And, like, I'm just... Season two is going to kill me, and I, because I know what happens in book two. So, season two is going to kill me. Um, it's going to be interesting. I love that they fully embrace that they are Taylor Swift coded. Somebody said the other day that Conrad is so Taylor Swift coded, and it's so correct. Like, the song, This Is Me Trying, is literally Conrad's theme song, I swear. So, this whole show, like, Season 1 trailer and Season 2 trailer have been Taylor Swift songs, and they play Taylor Swift songs throughout the show. Like, I can't tell you how many Taylor Swift songs I heard while watching Season 1. And the Season 2 trailer had uh, Back to December Taylor's version in it. OMG. And August. I love August. It had August <gasps> and Back to December Taylor's version. I'm so excited. We get Speak Now on Friday. I'm, I'm so, so excited. excited. Oh, I can't wait. I'm going to listen to Long Live and Dear John and Haunted on repeat. Because those are my favorites. And the From the Vault. The fr I'm excited for the songs yes. From the Vault. I'm interested to see what the From the Vault sounds like. Because <sighs> poor John. Poor John. You know, she said Taylor Swift had put out like she wants everybody to be kind to John. Yep. And there's been so many memes now of, like, Jake Gyllenhaal. Jake Gyllenhaal, whenever Taylor says, be kind to John, like, what? What did I suffer through? And he didn't say that. And, like, the comments that people have been posting on John's Instagram are so funny. Because everyone's like, mother said be kind, but, so I'm going to be kind. And then they have, like, in parentheses, P.S. I hate you. <laughs> like, siblings. It's so funny. Like... What was the thing I sent you? Oh, so John Mayer at a concert recently did something. I don't know what that was that he did. He made this little face thing, and it was, like, completely unattractive. <laughs> and somebody made a TikTok that was... Hold on, let me just play the TikTok. <laughs> I laugh so hard. That's not it. Last... Oh, no, there was... That was so funny. I died. So, and the caption. What was the caption? Mom said we had to be nice, but then he did this. So, it's really funny. Um, yeah. Poor John Mayer. Like, he's really about to, I mean, she's telling everybody to be nice, and nobody's gonna, like, come for his throat or anything, but it's not gonna be pretty. No. It's just, it's I think be... her thing with him is that I think John was more emotionally abusive and it was like emotional and he dated her, she was too young and he, you know, he shouldn't have dated her. She was only 19 and he, like, <laughs> he was a lot older. So it just, it shouldn't have worked. And so it was emotional. Yeah. Um, and I don't really want to say emotionally abusive. I don't think he was emotionally abusive, but he 
wasn't the best boyfriend, let's just put it that way. And so I think her point is he didn't really do anything that was like that horrible. And this was so long ago, and he has set, he's made like a real career for himself, and so she doesn't want to be somebody that brings somebody down like years later, because y'all, she's in, her, she's like in her thirties. This happened when she was nineteen. Like I think she let it go at this point. She's moved on, but she's just, you know, she's re-recording so she can get her name put back on her music, and just makes sense. So, somebody posted, too, that um, the stance that she's in in the middle of the Aerosaur poster, you know, where she's, like, yes. standing sideways, is the same stance that she was in for the um, track cover for Mine. And everyone was like, she's in that same stance because all of these albums are going to be hers again. Mine. Hers. Huh. thought that was cool. She's just so, like freaking mastermind like i swear so now everyone's convinced that karma is gonna be the next album title that was a theory there's for, so many theories that was a theory for a long time i, all I know I'm, but like it's, yeah it's resurfaced again because now everyone's like i'm more convinced than ever yeah i'm just i apologize for the person that i will become when reputation taylor's version comes out ah i'm ready for the vault tracks on that one oh Poor Kanye. <laughs> Honestly, though. Kanye and Scooter. Honestly. Bruh. Deserve it. They still deserve it. Like, I will slam Kanye forever and ever. He is the worst. He, he is the worst. Um. Yeah. Anyways. The summer I turned pretty. <laughs> it looks very good. I'm very excited. Um. And then they also dropped the new trailer for Sweet Magnolias. The only reason I'm bringing these up is because they are based on books. So, technically, they belong on the podcast. Um. They did post a new trailer for the new season of Sweet Magnolias, and I'm so excited. I kind of want to read those books, but I've heard that, like, so in the show, they are, like, Christian, and they go to church, they pray, you know, like, they talk about God, and it's really nice, but apparently in the books, that's not in there, so I think that's an interesting move that they've made, that they've put that in the show. Huh. So, I'm interested behind that, but I kind of want to read the books. I just, I'm telling you right now... If Annie and Ty don't get their crap together this season. <sighs> Anyways. It looks good. I'm very excited. Bill's been getting around town, ladies and gentlemen. If you've watched the se- all of the show up till now, you know what I mean. Bill's been out about. Um, I also watched this movie recently on Amazon. I purchased it and watched it. It's called Wait With Me. And I'm positive this is the movie I've been seeing on Book Talk. For months about the girl that was getting a movie made based off her book. And she's been posting. Have you seen where she's been posting like when this is your main character. And this is what you've always dreamed your main character looking like the male guy. And he's like a mechanic. Yeah. So I I finally watched that movie. Huh. Like so I've been seeing those TikToks for months. And I finally watched the movie on Amazon. And it was, I mean, it felt... Very, it wasn't made by Paramount or Lionsgate, let's put it that way. But it was really good. I was actually, it was kind of almost filmed like a Hallmark movie. Okay. Like the director, the director's view felt very Hallmarky, but it was so good. And she makes so many references. When she first meets him, she goes, well, aren't you just the perfect book boyfriend? And he's like, what's a book boyfriend? She's like, um, how do I explain this? And so she goes into a lot of, like, it felt very relatable. She talks about book boyfriends. She does talk about, like, tropes in books. And it's just so cute. And so she is an author herself. Yeah. And she's writing a new book about, she writes romance novels. And she's writing this new book that involves a mechanic as, like, the romantic male interest, and so she keeps going to this tire depot, and she hangs out in the lobby so she can write. Well, then they meet, and she asks him to become her friends with benefits so that she can do research for her book. (laughs) And we all know where that's gonna lead, but he was 
gorgeous. There's one point where he's slow motion. She's watching him and swooning over him, and he's slow motion putting the tires up on the wall. And it was just like, wow. Alright. And it was those moments where you're like, okay, yeah, a book talk girly definitely made this movie. Like, they know. They know what we're looking for. Um, yeah. And there was just so many references that were like, if you're a book talk girly, like, you're gonna appreciate this movie so much. It's called Wait With Me. Um, I watched it on Amazon. It was so good. He was beautiful. The only thing I wish they would have changed is, a lot at a lot of points, this man is fine. He's so good looking, but he is wearing jeans and a flannel, which is great. You know, we all love to see it. But the <laughs> flannel is tucked in. Ew. And I was just like, that's not the vibe. If he had the flannel untucked, because he would put his hands in his pockets, front pockets a lot. I'm like, if that was untucked, that would look so much better. <clears throat> so there was just a lot of moments of like, I wish they would have untucked his shirt. Like, he had his shirt tucked in a lot. And I was just, why is his shirt tucked in all the time? I don't get it. Anyways. Um, so I watched that. And then, I don't know if we discussed this. I, I think we did. Okay, I watched My Fault, which is Culpa Mia on Amazon Prime. And I want to read that book. Yeah. It was very good. Um, and then I recently, so I loved the movie Through My Window when it hit Netflix. Um, it was so good. Um, it is in Spanish, so I had to watch, like, the English dub, which is, which is just as good. Well, it was good. Like, it wasn't, like, badly dubbed or anything. That was my one thing with my fault. I wish they would have let me watch the Spanish version with the subtitles on, because I feel like the dub ruined it. Some things were could have been better. As an anime fan, yeah, sometimes the dub can ruin certain stuff. Well, the dub just, like... I feel like it could have been better. Now, with Through My Window, I think the dub is fine. Um, and honestly, I can't I can't picture them with different voices. So, But um, it was good. And then the new movie came out. The sequel came out this year. So I watched that yesterday, finally. Um, and it was good. And there's definitely going to be a part three. Hello. That ended on a cliffhanger. Somebody died. I was so stressed by who died because I liked that character a lot. It's always the characters I like. Jeez Louise. But it was good. I really liked it. And it's apparently a book too. So I need to read the books. Anyways. <coughs> moving on to today's actual discussion. We have some book reviews to do. Just three. I'm sorry you have something on your oh. nose. <laughs> she had something on her nose. <coughs> it's like a black speck. I don't know. Um, So... Yeah. Allie, would you like to start us off? <laughs> okay, so the first book that I'm going to talk about is one that we have technically already talked about before in previous episode. That is Crescent City, House of Earth and Blood by Sarah wow. J. Moss. Now, I won't be going into this too deep because we literally have a whole episode on this book. So go listen to that if you want to hear our full thoughts. Um, but before we get into that, I did not bring summaries down here. <laughs> Just look it up on... Yep, okay, that's what we're gonna do. Sorry! That's why I told you you need good raids. I know. Y'all, convince Hallie that she needs good raids. She's convinced that she doesn't. I'm trying to convince her she does. <clears throat> I'm trying to find it. There it is. Sorry. Um, now for the next book, I may not need a summary for it, considering it's a sequel. Um, anyways, so. Bryce Quinlan had the perfect life, working hard all day and partying all night, until a demon murdered her closest friends, leaving her bereft, wounded, and alone. When the accused is behind bars, but the crimes start up again, Bryce finds herself at the heart of the investigation. She'll do whatever it takes to avenge their deaths. Hunt Athelar is a notorious fallen angel, now enslaved to the archangels he once attempted to overthrow. His brutal skills and incredible strength have been set to one purpose, to assassinate his boss's enemies, no questions asked. But with a demon wrecking havoc in the city, he's offered an irresistible deal. Help Bryce find the murderer and his freedom will be within reach. 
As Bryce and Hunt dig deep into Crescent City's underbelly, they discover a dark power that threatens everything and everyone they hold dear, and they find in each other a blazing passion, one that could set them both free if they'd only let it. Lovely. <laughs> so, trigger warnings for this would definitely be loss of a loved one, alcohol use excessively, Drugs, murder, violence, depression, grief, suicidal contemplation, including a flashback that also depicts an attempt. So it's a very depressing book. <laughs> I will say that in the least. Um, so I gave this book five stars. Writing a five star. Plot is a five. Characters a five. I'm very biased when it comes to Sarah J. Moss. Um, I really enjoyed Crescent City. I think it was a great first entry into Sarah's new series. Um, the world in this is massive. There's tons of, like, different supernatural, I would get, I would say, creatures, which definitely threw me for a loop. I will say it, this book took me a lot to get into because there's so much world building and the fact that it takes place in modern times you know, because they're using cell phones and TVs when I'm used to swords and palaces. So it's, it's an adjustment, but it definitely works its way out. Um, the last 100 pages were absolutely nuts, which is a no-brainer. It's a Sarah J. Moss series. I no. <laughs> it's like a general rule when you start a Sarah J. Moss book, the last 100 pages will be bonkers, so just go ahead and prepare yourself. It's... Um, yeah, Bryce goes through a lot in this book. So does Hunt. PTSD. Hunt's, wing Hunt's wings go through a lot. <laughs> they all need therapy. Every single Sarah J. Moss character needs therapy. <laughs> just, just very heavy counseling. Um, but yeah, if you want to go listen to our full thoughts on this book, definitely go listen to our previous episode. And I will end this review with three words. Don't trust Danica. <laughs> Amen. Amen. <laughs> she be lying all over the place. Uh, Just wait. It gets worse. Yay! <laughs> Anyways. Yeah, and if you haven't watched last week's episode, listened to last week's episode, um, go listen to it. We had Emily on for another Sarah J. Moss themed episode, and we discussed all of House of Earth and Blood with full spoilers, so if you've read the book and you want to hear our discussion on it, go listen to that. Um, like I said, full spoilers, so if you haven't read it and you don't want spoilers, go read it and then come back to the episode. Um, so my book this month, my one book, was The Priory of the Orange Tree by Samantha Shannon. Um, so, da 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 da, this book, the summary, um, bum bum bum, A World Divided. A queendom without an heir. An ancient enemy awakens. The house of Barathnet has ruled Ennis for a thousand years. Still unwed, Queen Sabran, Sabran, whatever, the ninth must conceive a daughter to protect her realm from destruction. But assassins are getting closer to her door. Eid Durian is an outsider at court, though she has risen to the position of lady-in-waiting. She is loyal to a hidden society of mages. Ede keeps a watchful eye on Sabran, secretly protecting her with forbidden magic. Across the Dark Sea, Tane has, has trained all her life to be a dragon rider, but is forced to make a choice that could see her life unravel. Meanwhile, the divided East and West refuse to parlay, and forces of chaos are rising from their sleep. So, this book had a lot of dragons. It does have a lot of dragons. Um, it had a lot of magic. And had a lot of fighting. For the record, I have read this book, so. <laughs> it was very, very good. Um, got my sweet. Trigger warnings. Hello. Where did they go? Um, so, trigger warnings for this book. Death by earthquake. Interesting. <laughs> um, infertility. Suicide ideation. Dead bodies. Discussion of suicide. And miscarriage. The death by earthquake <laughs> was oddly specific, um, but true, so, you know. So, I gave the book a 
3.8 out of 5. Um, I think a lot of my issue with this book is that it was so hyped up on Book Talk that my expectations were so high and it did not meet those expectations in my opinion. I can see where you're going. I think I gave the book like a 4.2 maybe. Um, yeah, at this point, I've learned to not trust the book talk hype, because... Well, I think if I had went in without the book talk hype in my mind, I would have thought it was as good as they said. Um, so I gave the book a 3.8, I gave the characters and the writing a 4.5, I gave the plot a 4 out of 5, and Spice a 2 out of 5, because it didn't have a lot of spice. But, um... So my full review was, uh, on Goodreads, I'd put that it was pretty good. It definitely took me a minute to get into it because of the intense world building and character introductions. Um, not gonna lie, I nearly DNF'd it. Uh, but I powered through and my reading slump that I've been in honestly did make it a lot worse because I just did not want to read. So if I had not been in a reading slump and just like kept reading... I probably would have liked it a lot more, but there were so many breaks I was taking in between reading it because I was in such a reading slump that that might have made it worse. Um, yeah, that book is not very good to read when you're in a reading slump because, I'm not going to lie, it, when I read it, it took me a whole month to read it. A whole month. Um, so, I liked what this girl had said on Goodreads. She gave it a 3 out of 5 stars. I've read that review. Um, her name was Emily. I don't have a whole name. Um, and I liked what she had to say. I think her point was very well done. Um, overall, it was way too long, and the plot is a bit of a mess. The word that comes to mind is inelegant. Given how much space Shannon has to set the stage for an intricate plot, I was left pretty disappointed on that front. Um, certain aspects of the book soared. What this book does well is the love story. Despite the fact that the book has four perspectives, Ede's story is clearly the tentpole for the whole book, and yes. Ede has an incredible love story. Um, there's such a... I don't know what she means by this. Anyway. Oh, I see what she's saying. Um, we get a beautifully told romance between two complicated, well-developed ladies. I loved it. Um, but alas, the plot. The plot isn't bad, per se, but it's also nothing to get excited about. The downbeats, which are certainly essential to a story, were a bit too slow, and in a book that's over 800 pages, that can make reading a slog at times. I, like, completely agreed with her review. <laughs> completely. Um, she kind of put it all, like, perfectly. I think that it just, it didn't build quite the way that I wanted. I honestly think there was too many characters to keep up with. I agree. I think there was too many <clears throat> points of view. For them to all be on different parts of the world... But, see, my confusion came from, okay, I kept getting confused as to whether Nicolay's and Tane were on the side of the, what was the thing that was, the big bad, what was it called? The nameless one? Yes. I kept getting confused if they were on his side or not, the nameless one's side. Because it kind of felt like they were, and then it would feel like they weren't. So I was very confused as to whether everyone was on the same side against the Nameless One, or if there was split sides. Well then, like, Ede and Tane come together, and I was like, okay, they are on the same side? I was just, it was very confusing for me. There's lots of different plot lines going on that were supposed to intricately weave together, and I don't know, it could, it could get very confusing at times. Well, and they honestly didn't weave that well I feel like they yeah. needed to weave more mm -hmm. and so it just got very confusing and it got overwhelming Sabron got on my nerves oh no I can handle Sabron I there was somebody made the TikTok with the dance mom's sound and then I hear this agitating voice and it was Nicolay's yes anytime they read from Nicolay's point of view like I agree completely I did not like his point of view his was a point of view is when I was like oh you know, you always have those books where you're reading multiple POVs and there's always that character that you don't like reading from their POV. Yeah. That was his. I liked Loth's, I liked Loth's point of view a lot. I don't know. I liked Tane and Ede were my favorites. Yeah. Um, Tane was my favorite. Um, she's, but, she's around all the dragons. 
it was just very, very confusing, and honestly, it was too confusing. And somebody else had said to, and I, it may have been her review, they think it would have been a lot better if she would have split this book up. Oh, yeah, 100%. I think so, too. I think it was too long. It's too much information there was some There was some stuff that probably should have been cut out. There was too much information together. There really wasn't enough world building. Like, I didn't get a lot. I was kind of just thrown into it, and then you're just having to figure things out. Um... I don't know. Uh, somebody else had said, too, like, they didn't think that everyone's comparing it to the next Game of Thrones. I, and they didn't think it was all that. I didn't think it was all that. No. Um, overall, it was good. The next book is actually not a sequel. They're 500 years apart. It's a prequel. Well, and people have been saying, like, you can read either one first, but I've seen a couple TikToks where people have said read the other one first because it gives you background knowledge and it makes Priory make a lot more sense. Yeah, I've seen people say you could read it your way, so I think I'm probably going to read A Day of Fallen Night just to see. Well, the one girl said that she had been trying to read Priory several times, could never get into it, couldn't figure it out. She read the other one and then she went back to Priory and she finished Priory all the way through and thought it was amazing because she said that the other one gave her a lot more information and it made Priory make so much more sense. And so maybe I need to try to read the other one first then. Or the other one. And then go back to Priory. I, I'm not going to lie, I skimmed through a lot of it because I just like, I couldn't. I was like, I'm over this. I skimmed book. through, I skimmed through some of the final battle because I was like, I don't need to know about this. Go away. Well, like I said, a reading slump made it a lot worse because uh, I, yeah. I was still in a reading slump when I was reading it. So, that's probably why I skimmed it so much, because I was like, I don't want to read all this. So, maybe if I'd read it at a different time. But, um, 3.8 out of 5, maybe a 3.5 out of 5 if you want to get super unspecific. But, um, yeah, I'm on to the next book now. It's over. I finished it. It's back on the shelf. <laughs> next. So, the next book that I read in the month of June was King's Bane by Claire Legrand. It is the second book in the Fearyborn trilogy. Um, I don't know whether to read the summary or not. I wouldn't, if it's going to give spoilers for the series. Probably. Yeah, I would say it does. Uh, but I will give trigger warnings. <laughs> so. And there's a You lot. can give your own summary. I can't sum this book up on my own. I've had... Oof. So, basically, trigger warnings for this. Gory descriptions, a panic attack, someone being drugged against their will, kidnap, murder, some explicit sex, sexual assault, and abusive manipulation, in parentheses, possibly grooming. Jesus! Yeah, I know. Welcome to King's Bane. <laughs> ah. This book... I can't wait. <laughs> th this book was a, be was a beast. So, um... Ew. Yeah, it it's not as bad as, well, I take that back. Some points are, made me want to throw the book across the room. Um, I gave this book four and a half stars. Um, I would say for a second installment into a trilogy, it was very good. It made it even better. Um, there's a lot, this book basically serves as like, there's lots of world being revealed, like, this book serves as, like, introducing more aspects of the world. We even get introduced into some other worlds besides this one, um, which was more fun. We definitely see our two main characters start to step into their roles a little bit more. I won't say which one goes where, because <laughs> that kind of spoils. Um, I love Remy. Remy is Eliana's little brother, and I would die for him. He's, he's the care. the reason I love him is he's the one that knows every single bit of knowledge. He loves reading books about the mythology of the world, and I'm like, I love you even more. <sighs> love Remy. Um, it is a little slow with Riel. Um, her storyline was a little slow, but I'm not, but that's not saying it was bad. It just slowed down a lot. Of course, the reason it slowed around, slowed down is she has to go around and do certain things and some certain things don't wind up going well. 
This book made me have a love-hate relationship with her. Uh, the ending is absolutely bonkers. I wanted to throw my kin wanted to throw my Kindle across the room when I read the end. It was it was not fun. It's like it was like a Sarah J. Moss situation. Like the last few chapters were just nuts. Just oof. It was it was bad. Um, we do get to see some different points of view in this book. Um, in the first book, it was mainly just Riel and Eliana's point of view, and I want to say maybe Simon's point of view. I don't really know, but in this one, we do get to see um, we do get to see Navi's point of view. I believe we definitely see Ludivine's point of view. Uh, we see Simon's, we see Audric's, um, and we do see Corian's point of view, which was very interesting. <laughs> Um, I would say overall it was a good second entry. Um, another note, this series is so slept on. This trilogy is so slept on. I never see people talking about it. They used to talk about it a lot. I think it's just phased out because it's older. But it's Fearborn so, used to be all I heard about. It's, it's so good. I loved it. Um, I'm going to be re finishing the third book today and very nervous to see Honestly, how it Honestly, I think book talk has grown so much that now there's not, you're not on the book talk side anymore. Now it's, what side of book talk are you on? Because exactly. there's like, there's skits, there's, there's purely Sarah J Moss content, there's book recommendations. That's the side I'm on is the Sarah J Moss side. Yeah, same. There's Sarah J Moss side, there's book rec side, there's book skit side, there's book cosplay side. There's romance, there's fantasy, there's dystopian, like, there's so there's many different whole, parts to book there's talk a writing. Now. There's a writing side of book right. talk. I'm on there's that side, too. book review side. There's so many different sides of book talk now, so I think it's kind of just expanded. Because <laughs> I'm on, oh, like, pure Sarah J. Moss I'm on content. the Sarah J. Moss side. I'm on the Sarah J. Moss skit side of book talk because yeah. of Caven. <laughs> I'm just purely um, on Sarah J. Moss side. Like, yeah. I just see so many, like... Sarah J. Moss I'm on theories. the fan art side. Yes. I'm on the... Not even really Sarah J. Moss side. I'm on the fan art side. Because I see a lot of... I've been seeing a lot of new fan arts of Akshar characters. And a lot of fan arts from... Um, from Blood Nash. And, uh... What's the other one? Once Upon a Broken Heart. <sighs> Lots of different fan I arts. I have seen... Them. I'm also on the Sarah J. Moss side where, like, all the theories run around, and that hurts my head. Well, I'm on, I'm still on Swift Talk, so <laughs> I see those all the time. Um, and somehow I've gotten on the side of TikTok where this girl is, like, watching episodes of Peppa Pig. <laughs> and what? It's pretty, it's pretty funny, though. It's pretty funny to watch. She shows, like, clips of Peppa Pig and she's laughing at the TV about it because, like, some of these shows, like, I'm not totally convinced that parts of them weren't made for adults. Like, I'm also on the bluey side uh. because of Cassidy's kids. Um, and parts of Bluey and parts of Peppa Pig were definitely made for the adults. Like, you catch little comments and you're like, uh. <laughs> so it's just funny. Yeah, the reason I'm on, sometimes on bluey side of TikTok is, um... Jack, who we babysit all the time. If there's nothing else on, we'll turn on Bluey, and it's just all over my For You page. Well, and I started looking up Nancy Drew TikToks and Heartland TikToks, so now I'm getting a lot of those. Um, I'm back on House of the Dragon talk. Don't know how I got there, but House I don't of think Dragons, I ever. I don't think I ever left. <laughs> House of Dragons is back on my TikTok. I've been seeing a lot of Damon and Amon edits, and it's really because. We discussed it last week. <laughs> um, and then, oh, what else has been showing up? A lot of the um, Summer I Turned Pretty and the My Fault movie. Oh, and some Outer Banks. Some Outer Banks. Somebody did, like, here's eight, you can only choose one. And it showed JJ, and I was like, okay, JJ. And then it showed somebody else, and I was like, I don't know who that is. Still JJ. Then it showed... Um, John B. I was like, okay, JJ. Then it showed uh, Nick from uh, My Fault. I was like, okay, still JJ. And then it showed, oh, who was the other person? There was somebody else that I was like, oh no, I would trade to them. And then immediately the next person was Rafe. And I was like, nope, nope, Rafe. 
And that was my conclusion. Was Rafe. <laughs> the enemies to leverage would be impeccable. Anyways, continuing. Um. So yeah. Oh, speaking of another book to movie adaptation, did you watch the new trailer for Dune? I did. I'm so excited. It I need. To, very good. I need. Well, I need to read the first book because. And then watch the first movie because apparently the first movie only covers, I think, a half of the first book. So, yeah, it's I need, part one and part two. Yeah, so I need to watch Timothy Chalamet looks amazing. Oh, I love him. Zendaya looks amazing. I love her too. Apparently, Austin Butler's in the movie. Austin Butler and Florence Pugh. I know. And I'm like, Florence Pugh, I think, is like a. She's someone of no nobility, and I was like, "Well, I was just like, I like, rightfully I looked up, so." Looked up the cast, and it said Austin Butler and Florence Pugh, and I went, "What? <laughs> Where?" I'm so excited. I love Florence Pugh. Mm-hmm. She's really like, she doing was things. the only. She was the only thing that made me love Black Widow. She's doing things like she's really coming up in the world. Her when she cut her when she cut her hair, I was like, "Yes, <laughs> I want Cooking with Flo to come back." That was so funny. Um, so, that looks good. I, it took everything in me to convince Dad that Zendaya, he was like, Carmen, isn't that the girl from Outer Banks? And he's talking about Kiara. I said, no. No, that's Zendaya. He goes, is that who plays Kiara? I said, no. The girl who plays Kiara, her name is Madison Bailey. I said, this is Zendaya. And he goes, Carmen, that's the same girl. I'm, I'm telling you that's the same girl. I said, No. This is Zendaya. Believe me, I know who Zendaya is. It's not like she's an unknown figure. Everybody knows Zendaya. I said, plus, I grew up with her on Disney Channel. Like, I know who this is. And yeah. it took everything in me. Then I had to physically show him on Google. Madison Bailey and Zendaya. It, I was like, I mean, they do look alike. They do look like they could be related. But I was like, why are you arguing with me? <laughs> I know who Zendaya is. You know, you know what also has been popping up on my TikTok for you pages just randomly? It's a show that I don't watch. But it's popular. Euphoria. <laughs> oh my god, I love Euphoria. It's so good. The new season, I think, comes on next year. I think. Next year or 2025. It's something. It's not this year, I know. I, I think it was because. I think it was because. I want to say it was at Coachella. When Zend- Labyrinth was performing and Zendaya it, came out with it and sang. She needs to do. I. She sounds so good when she sings. She sings quite a bit with um, Euphoria, with Labyrinth. There's a lot of songs on... All of Euphoria songs, for the most part, are Labyrinth. Um, And she sings quite a few songs on those soundtracks with him. But um, that's such a good show. And, like, when she did that, everybody flipped out. Um, And then I saw where... I think it was early this year... Or last year, maybe, where Billie Eilish, she's a huge Euphoria fan, and she got Labyrinth to come out, and they sang Mount Everest. Oh, it was nice. I just love Labyrinth, and I love Zendaya, and I love Euphoria. It's just all so good. And I need Tom to show up on Euphoria. He wants to be on Euphoria so badly. He's asked her so many times. It's so cute. They're so cute. Um, but, yes. Anyways. That is our full wrap-up and gushing of book-to-movie adaptations and several other off-topic situations. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed listening to this week's episode. Um, Be sure to rate us five stars, leave all the comments down below, give us a follow, and yeah, we don't know what we're doing next week because, you know, if you've been listening to us for a while, sometimes we just don't have these things planned out. So, we will see you guys in the next one. Hallie, any final words? Nope, I'm hoping to read much more books in July. (laughs) Amen. Same. Okay. Anyways, we will see you guys next week. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.